What the? Oh, he scared the shit out of me. Oh, me? Well, I'm just, uh, you know, sitting here by the fire, nursing this Halloween hangover with a nice uh, pint glass of candy corn pinnacle. Yeah, uh, yeah, the good stuff. Well, you know, when you're a uh, podcaster bringing in about $20 a month on Patreon, you can afford to indulge here and there, <laughs> you know, especially when it's Pisces season. Speaking of Halloween hangovers, I wanted to take the time to introduce a uh, very special episode of Real Rap here. This is one we recorded all the way back in October. It's the Kenneth Branagh film, Dead Again. Weirdly, not his debut. It's the film he made uh, to follow up his uh, rapturously received adaptation of Shakespeare's Henry V. Uh, it's quite a bizarre movie, as you'll uh, as you'll glean from our conversation. Uh, but almost worth watching, um, just for, for, for some of the uh, hilarity that ensues. Uh, what are you doing with that knife? Ah! Oh, she. Oh, shit. How many times are you willing to die for love, I ask you? Question Twice? you consider? Twice? Well, <laughs> I think I found the movie for you. Uh, Kenneth Branagh's sophomore effort, sophomore effort, Dead Again. What do you think of Dead Again, Shane? Um, they should have called it um, Dead Ass. Oh, Because yes. this movie, Dead Ass, sucks. Yeah, it wasn't very good. Uh, Roger Ebert gave it four stars. Uh, I think it was well-liked in its time. Really? Got um, a Golden Globe nomination. What do you think about it made it good to to people? Um, I, honestly, I mean, I think we we talk about our current like being starved for um, movies that aren't just some dumb franchise bullshit. We talk uh-huh. about it like it's some some new phenomenon. And I, I would just have to imagine that whatever was coming out in late summer of 1991 was whatever is exactly as stupid as whatever crap just came out two months ago. Uh, I don't know. What came out like August twenty third of this mm, year? I can see that people are like, uh, finally an original movie and a movie for grownups. Complete chaos. Uh huh. Kenneth Branagh was such a self styled like Wellesian type. Um, every new movie from him, I get the sense was like, and Kenneth Branagh, the, the man who can do it all, trying his hand at you know a detective film, a detective is it, story. Is it it's Kenneth so clear- Branagh or is it Branagh? Okay, so I've heard Branagh and I've heard Branagh. Um, I'm probably going to say them both throughout uh, the rest of the episode. Uh-huh. Okay. It says here, Brana. Brana. It's an upside-down E. Hmm. Ah, an upside-down E, also known as a schwa <laughs> in linguistics. That's true. That's actually true. I believe uh, it. Yeah. Um, How about Wayne Knight getting single card billing in this? If I'm Christine Ebersole and I'm sharing a card <laughs> with two other people, I gotta be pretty fucking pissed. <laughs> that guy is horny. Always. Oh, he's got a whistle lisp Oof. like the dang prospector in like Toy Dan, Story. Dan Rather. <laughs> he, uh, he's just... T- just it's his whole character is just a little high key for that whistle lisp to make sense 
Mm-hmm. Everything else about him is already like, um, is he still fat? Or is he like a life? Drew Carey guy now? I don't know if I've seen a recent picture of Wayne Knight. Is Wayne Knight still with us? Um, yep. What does he look like? Is he just exactly the same, but with like white hair? He has like a gray goatee now. Mm. Full black shot. Uh, I guess he's like looks to be on some TV land red carpet. Okay, he's like slow. He's thinner. 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 What's this movie about? So we open in the past, and we know it's the past because it's in black and white, and because Kenneth Branagh has one of those strange, unplaceable accents that people had in the past. Uh-huh. Is this character he's, a, he's supposed to be playing in the 40s, as composer, is he supposed to be, like, European? Why is he doing that, like, Count, like Count Dracula has lost his accent sort of accent? Kenneth Branagh in the past? In the, in the flashbacks. He's got this weird, mm, half the time right. he's really going for it, half the time it sounds like he's trying to suppress an accent. I think that that like him being the sort of lead on this made everyone else's accent in the in the past just be completely off the wall weird. Like no one knows how to talk. Andy Garcia is playing a newsman in the past and his accent is insane. It changes every second because <laughs> it's just uncanny how he cycles through three continents. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, yeah, we open in this flashback, uh, this composer who's come to the U.S. from Europe and is a, is now a big sensation is uh, in jail for murdering his wife and uh, Andy Garcia as this newsman who, you know the Lay's slogan, uh, bet, bet you can't eat just one? Mm-hmm. This guy did that with his accents, I'll tell you what, because he can't, he can't pick just one. Eh? <laughs> eh? Um, this movie can't, similarly can't pick, a, uh, pick an angle. Yeah, no. Um, so the, the reporter asks him, hey, did you really kill your wife? And he sort of whispers something in his ear. And then... <laughs> Which uh, I love how that turns out. Uh-huh. Really, I love any movie that, that, um, that yeah, that, that hinges on, like, what was he saying? It, it all started with Citizen Kane, and here we are. Now we've got a movie like Dead Again to add to that great tradition of uh, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what someone's last well, words were. It's interesting you compare it to citizen kane because this similarly opens with like six minutes of spinning newspaper shots Mm -hmm. about like like 10 different headlines by the end of it i was like i what are you trying to tell me i don't all Mm. these headlines are all different i have no idea who you're talking about um someone's dead it's like i can get that from maybe two headlines they showed maybe 14 or 15 headlines Uh, it's like they just discovered that effect Yeah. yeah um I mean, to add to the, yeah, Kenneth Branagh really fancying himself an Orson Welles type. We talked about this was his immediate follow-up to Henry V, which I believe was his first film, which was a huge Oscar-vetted success. I imagine it was a box office success. He got a Best Actor nomination. I think he got the Adapted Screenplay nomination for his uh, his work on the, the, the Shakespeare text. Yeah, Best Director, Best Picture, really everything. So he follows up with this, and I guess, yeah, he is really just getting high in his own supply throughout this movie, really loving the smell of his own farts, just really <laughs> taking, taking no, not taking no for an answer, even for himself. Um, but he then stabs his wife in this past flashback, and it turns out, oh, no, Emma Thompson's having a nightmare. Um, oh, no. Emma Thompson is this woman with amnesia who is staying in... Um, she appears, it's like an orphanage uh, that she's living at now. That's got a spooky gate with like a like a G clef on the uh, on the gate. Uh, yeah, really whimsical for an orphanage, <laughs> if you ask me. Not not what cinema has led me to believe orphanages look like. Uh huh. And um, 
this uh, kind of wisecracking detective played with one of the worst American accents I can think of uh, by Kenneth Branagh is, mm-hmm. is investigating, trying to figure out who she is because they can't get her to talk. Yes. And uh, Newman is f- very horny for this mute character. He uh, can't seem to uh, keep himself keep his shit together anytime she comes around. He's like, so are you going to what you going to do with her body? His, his demeanor around this like mute amnesiac woman who his employer is investigating is honestly like ripped horns about the 15 year old Marie Antoinette. He's truly like when he comes back from like interviewing at the orphanage, he's truly like, did you see her bosom? It's the first thing I would have asked him. Um, and Kenneth Branagh is doing his accent. It's like he's fucked up and like trying to sound like he's not fucked up. He's doing so much like, mm, well, uh, mm, like really like overcompensating in how he talks. He com- yeah, he comes off like every R. such a he comes off very immature. Uh maybe it's just like the way he kinda is trying to act like a laid back Hollywood type. Mm-hmm. He's like uh I guess in every other movie he's like the high acting actor. Yeah. And now he's like well, I don't give a crap. Hey, baby. Aces. A okay, baby. What what else do Americans say? Um, Yeehaw, baby. Rock and roll. Uh, he... All the costumes and everything and all the hair, it's like pretty uh, period 90s. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The way that they're acting kind of very nonchalantly about this strange situation. Mm-hmm. It, He's a it, PI, baby. He's seen it all. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a sitcom or like a, um, a soap opera. It's so flatly directed from a guy who would become, or who had already been an, an Oscar-nominated director, and I guess he would go on to have at least you know movies that kind of sniffed Oscar success. This is it, it's directed like an episode of TV. Yeah, right. Besides the sort of flashy editing back and forth between the, the you know the past and the present. Uh-huh. Which I, I'm not as amused with as I think Kenneth Branagh is. I think he's oh, very, yeah. very pleased with himself for all of his flashy cuts and for his like newspaper spinning effects. Uh, I was gonna say though, I like the '90s fashion in this movie. This is a good example of like uh, '90s fashion that has aged well. I could see myself wearing most of yeah, you know, Kenneth Branagh true. and even Emma Thompson wear. 19, um, 1991 was a good year for '90s fashion because it wasn't um, quite as ironic as it became. We, we talked a lot about how this movie has a lot in common with Splash in that it's a man getting involved in like a thoroughly inappropriate like sexual relationship with a woman who's basically like his charge. Yeah. Really, a woman who he's like responsible for. Emotionally a <laughs> child. Uh-huh. Um, and it's also like that in the sense that uh, Kenneth, Bran- uh, Kenneth Branagh seems to have taken all of his cues from John Candy's character in Splash. He wears kind of a, he drives kind of a hot red convertible. Hot he's wearing rod, shades. Yeah. Um, he also says something along the lines of we're, we're made to believe that he's kind of a cad that he really can't be tied down um, mm-hmm. when he's talking to Wayne Knight Wayne Knight's like oh, what, have you called my sister back um, <laughs> and uh, he says something like baby I'm not looking for Miss Wright I'm looking for Miss Wright now remember how we used to joke about Ron oh, Howard inventing these hackneyed phrases for his movies uh-huh. actually Kenneth Branagh actually invented that for, invented <laughs> that for this movie this is the first instance of that I mean that, to talk about sitcom writing it's, it's directed uh-huh. like a sitcom it's written like a sitcom how about when he looks exactly like um fuck what are the pe- what are the murderers from um 
making a murderer. What are those dumbass? Oh, oh, uh, Brendan Dassey. And yeah, he looks Steve like Avery. Brendan Dassey when he's the prisoner in the past with like his like fucking tall ass buzz slash bowl cut and his fucking uh-huh. chin beard. I just don't understand the progression of this. Specifically when uh, that strange man comes to pick up our lead woman mm-hmm. as if he's the husband. And then Kenneth Branagh gets like extremely possessive and is like, what the fuck, man? Fucking prove it. Prove she's your, hu- your wife. Uh, immediately. And he just, like yeah. instantly all pissed off that he lost his like fuck doll. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, after the, after this whole really, like, inappropriate courtship scene between them that goes on for forever. Like, hey, I'm trying to have a romantic evening here. Like, this is a woman who's, like, who, who you're, like, investigating because she's fucking amnesia. Like, <laughs> this is your job, buddy. Yeah. Jesus Christ. It's like, does, is any attractive woman that you have to, like, have as a client, like, are you just taking them into your house and then, like, cooking for them and holding their hair? And I believe at this point, they've already, through, like, hypnosis, uncovered that they at least look exactly like these two figures from the past. Uh, right. Roman, this uh, composer who is uh, suspected of killing his wife, and uh, his wife, this concert pianist who, who looked like Emma Thompson. So they're trying to now, be, they realize that they are these people from a past life, and they're trying to get to the bottom of the murder. What did Roman whisper? Was he framed? Um, he's also in a, he's really only in a couple scenes and this must've been one of his first, I'm um, a serious actor performances. He's mm. consulting Robin Williams, who is this actually, no, I, I guess like Fisher King is the late eighties. So maybe this is when he's kind of already in that phase, but Robin Williams is this disgraced, uh, psychiatrist who is working <laughs> at a grocery store and like smoking in the meat locker who he's consulting. And I guess I guess he's taking all of his cues from this guy because Robin Williams implies that he slept with a lot of his patients when he was a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's doing a very mannered... Uh, it's a subdued Robin Williams performance, but it's overacting in how much he's clearly toning it down. Like, this is sad boy Robin Williams. Right. <gasps> like, one-hour photo the, Robin Williams. Get the fuck out of my freezer. Yeah, he's, right. He says the F word, and which is basically his entire characterization. I used to be a used to be a psychotherapist. Now I just fuck. He says something like, uh, "Hey, everybody's either a smoker or a non-smoker. Pick one. Fuck oh yeah!" And that's the little kernel of wisdom you're finding in this in this great script. Yeah. Um, Wayne Knight is appalled when Kenneth Branagh first implies that his plan is not to have Emma Thompson sleep at his house and then maybe sleep with her. Wayne Knight's like, "Wait, you're just gonna dump her off at County? Come on! <laughs> like, come on, fucker!" It's like, oh, it's like the, it's like the guys in like Kill Bill who are like fucking the, the when she like who are fucking like the the bride when she's in a coma. It's like he sees this as this like can't lose sexual proposition. Like, come uh-huh. on, man. <laughs> oh, it's repulsive. If none of this makes sense, it's because this movie has so many elements that do not work. Yeah, he's taking. He, so he starts taking Emma Thompson. This is present day Kenneth Branagh. Starts taking Emma Thompson to a hypnotherapist played by the great Shakespearean actor Derek Jacoby. Are we doing <laughs> Kenneth Branagh a favor? It's might be, yeah. It might be Jacoby, one of those names I've never heard pronounced out loud. And that's mm-hmm. how they figure out that they might be each other from a past life. Um, he is in trying to figure out who she is. He's like taking out, out an ad in the paper because like she still has no idea who she is in like the present day. He's mm-hmm. just like talking to himself in the most hacky. TV character way. He's like, well, 
he says this completely to himself. Goes well, <laughs> half the male population of Los Angeles is checked in. Like, oh who are God. you talking to, buddy? Are these are these just jokes to yourself? Is this is this witty repartee something that just has <laughs> to be maybe heard by somebody? I mean, it is like it is like Kane saying Rosebud, just in case somebody can record it for uh-huh. posterity. I um, found I I had the idea during this that like these are people that really wanted to just be cool Hollywood types. And this is their cool Hollywood movie that has, uh, I don't know, like interesting Hollywood dynamics in it. It takes place in L.A. and everyone's just this kind of like chill guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, All the acting was so hokey and it seemed like the it seemed like a B movie that would be a bunch of wannabe actors first foray into like directing and acting it just it just came off as like a stupid fantasy drama and like the past elements are like and we're gonna do it in a period way so we can all wear cool costumes and like the way it was black and white there's like no contrast to it so you could tell it was obviously shot in color and (laughs) then switched to black and white it doesn't seem like it's in the past at all there's nothing about it besides it being black and white that makes it seem like it's not the exact same time. So speaking of the historical accuracy of this, so a big part of the flashback and this whole past narrative hinges on this anklet being stolen. An anklet, that's that's a portmanteau of the words ankle and bracelet for for everyone listening. Uh-huh. Home. Did, <laughs> okay, did anklets exist in the 1940s? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't. I, I mean, don't know. Did lesbians exist? No. So anklets did not. I'm exist. sorry, but like this is like her giving her a toe ring. <laughs> I've got this toe a ring puka for you, shell babe. necklace. Yeah, right. And yeah. she bought him a puka shell necklace. Yeah. Jesus. And Andy Garcia doing that bizarro flashback. I mean, yeah, I, I refuse to believe that anklets or toe rings existed. This guy. Uh, I think. There's one part where uh, in the past, which is in the 1940s, I think, or the maybe even the 20s, where uh, they're retelling the story and and he's like, someone says he literally swept her off her feet, and then in the past it shows him picking her up off the ground. It's like, are you referring to the precise <laughs> moment when he picks her up <laughs> off the ground as him literally sweeping her off her feet? It's like, uh, what, what, what would be the, like, effect you're trying to induce in whoever's listening to you saying, like, yeah, I was literally swept off my feet. Not that I was in love, but I, he pushed me down a set of stairs. Right, yeah. Uh, I think that maybe the accents of everybody just made me feel like everyone was doing their, like, very actor studio acting, like, very Stanislavski method mm-hmm. type acting like I'm the mute and uh if if I were mute what would I do mm-hmm. and uh Newman is like if I were a fat rapist pig <laughs> if I were a photo fat lab, horny party animal what would I do like everyone played their very ex- accentuated version of whatever character they were um and I found that is it Gray Baker? Is that his name? Andy Garcia? Whoever Andy Garcia really just shows his ass in being just a terrible actor. Mm, he's very bad in this. He got away with being good in The Godfather because uh, he didn't really do much, and the movie was good even without him. Um, but he really just fucking blew it in this one. And I and Robin Williams like shoehorned in. It's like it it almost degraded the rest of it because. 
you would think that he would become like a central part of it. It's like, no, he's just this throwaway character who's also kind of like telling the future. And no one seems to do any problem solving. It's just like all figured out and everyone has the answers and you just kind of have to like poke around. Kenneth Branagh's character doesn't do any actual like detective work. He just takes her to the fucking hypnotist like 10 times. Yeah, I mean... I, Robin Williams, I guess he's just there to provide a little bit of, like, local color. I don't know. Is this based on a book? Right. Like, is this the sort of thing where he, he gets a slightly more fleshed out, like, little bit of details? Does he play Good more of, like, question. an overt Hannibal Lecter sort of a role? I mean, he's really just there for no reason. It's just there for Robin Williams to, to, to show us he can be a real serious actor guy. Everybody was just working on their reel in this movie. I wish this was a joke I made up, but John Gabers was talking about it on a podcast, like, for a role, if they asked him for a reel, giving them, like, a, a tape of high school sports highlights. <laughs> oh my god oh can i read you this trivia yeah of course when we first when we first meet mike church he's parked on the wrong side of the street most people thought this was a nod to director sir kenneth branagh's british heritage oh the real the real reason yeah a real nod uh yeah we're uh we're because that just needs to be pointed out a nod to Britain. Uh Um, But the real reason is because Kenneth Branagh wanted some Los Angeles skyscrapers visible in the background. Mm. Mm, So he is a Hollywood guy. You also don't have to make it a plot element that you're on the wrong side of the road just to get, I mean, I guess you do. I am. I I think this movie was lighter than I would have expected on like little jokes for the LA people. I don't remember there being a lot of jokes about like traffic or like, yeah, I take the 405 to get here. Hey, it's the 405 is a fucking parking lot this time of day. There's not a ton Mm -hmm. of that. I mean, there's like jokes. Oh, you know what? He does say it never rains in Southern California or something like that. He says like, hey, it never rains in LA. <laughs> we get a little bit of that. Okay, never mind. Fuck me. Uh-huh. Um, but when, when so he's, he's got an ad out in the newspaper and you mentioned this already that this guy shows up. This is after um, Kenneth and Emma have bone. I'm not bothering to remember what their characters' names are. Let's call them yeah, Mike right. and Dave. Um, Mike and Dave have <laughs> boned at this point and uh, this guy pretending to be, or excuse me, I don't want to spoil it. Guy claiming to be her husband shows up. He's like, come on, babe, don't you remember me? What do you say? What do you say, Luann? <laughs> <laughs> will, you, will you marry me again? Uh-huh. Um, and they—I don't remember how he figures out that it's not him. It's something he fucks up with the glove. Ah, the glove was a nice touch, and he ends up chasing him down the street. <laughs> it turns into this insane foot chase with like a crane shot and everything. This guy uh-huh. does a spinning, and this will sound like a joke. Again, this will sound like a fake plot point that we're making up. He does a uh-huh. spinning, jumping, like three sixty kick kicks Kenneth Branagh yeah. in the chest before like, back kick before like jumping down a highway overpass like onto moving traffic right I, I assume yeah. under the top of a car we don't see <laughs> and the guy uh, and then Kenneth Branagh after just the most bananas thing even for a private investigator to experience I would imagine I can't imagine uh-huh. the, the day in the life of your average gumshoe this sort of thing is happening he goes back to Emma Thompson and just quips he says uh, guy look like he knew karate to you like what the fuck come on man like, pick a tone here <laughs> And he's terribly uh-huh. cast in this movie. I understand that he probably couldn't have imagined. I, I, I think even today he still stars in most of his movies. He just did that um, uh, Murder on the Orient Express remake that was by yeah. all accounts a fucking dog. I, like he's uh-huh. the worst possible casting I could have possibly imagined for this. Like in this era, this kind of wisecrack and this tone, you need like a John Cusack. Yeah, some. Yeah, exactly. You need somebody who's fucking born to crack. Wise. He could play the guy in the past, but when he plays both, they both. Like it's, I think it's supposed to be a display of all their acting ability, but it just shows them being kind of mediocre in both roles. Uh-huh. 
he uh he's he plays this like poet in the past and you would think he would bring out the real shakespearean fucking shit that he's been doing before but it's just kind of like this toned down and it's just that weird he, he, unplaceable continental accent that he gives him <laughs> um what does like you know when he's at the uh he's like playing mr cool at when he's like out on a date with her i couldn't really place like what style this is trying to emulate i guess like uh donald sutherland type shit or like what's the movie where fucking i don't know just some like lame detective shit that's like him it's supposed to be that he's the coolest guy isn't there some like pi movie from like the late 80s um you get the long goodbyes late 70s is elliot Mm. gould uh okay is a sort of a put upon pi you got uh, inherent vice from a few years back yeah, I just, I don't know. I couldn't, It the, there there was like something about this that I think was supposed to be like a huge vibe, like his P.I.-ness, but it ends up not even coming up. We just see him like in his house kind of just rooting around following this chick around. There's none of the sleuthing that should come with a <coughs> detective movie. He just and, like, doesn't have I'm never which seems like yeah, cheating. Yeah, I'm never curious. I'm never curious about what actually happened to her because I'm just so distracted by all these elements, all these different actors. I wish Robin Williams, like, I wish some, there was something cool with Robin Williams in that he tried to kill, like, he tries to kill fucking our main guy in that meat locker. I don't know. Even Newman, it's like, make him show his little prick or something. Uh-huh. I don't know. Everything was half-fleshed out. The That's weird cheating saw. scenes. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, I mean, the most sleuthing he does is he goes, he goes to, like, um, some, some, like, retirement home to talk to Andy Garcia in terrible old age makeup. Andy Garcia smoking through his neck Oh, what is that about? Why do they have to do that? Is that real? Can you do that? That has to be made up. Yeah, I think you could smoke through your throat hole. (laughs) It's probably common, too, because it's like, you get that Oh no! Um, <laughs> yeah, the old age makeup is like that is just old. That is just old age makeup that doesn't look like an old person at it, all. Very bad. And he talks to someone there. I can't remember if it's someone who's like germane to the case. I watched this like three days ago, and I, I can't remember fucking shit about it. But some, I can't remember. It some either. old woman actually says, "Yeah, the guy used hypnosis. The guy, the guy, this eighty year old woman says the guy. Which what's next? Friggin' <laughs> yeah, the guy used friggin' hypnosis." Come on, people. This woman was born in 1910. I don't think she's saying the guy. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Not to be the cinema sins guy about it, but basically, long story short, Derek Jacoby is the real killer. He is uh, the composer's, uh, what is he, like, his estranged son or something? Yeah, he's their son, and uh, he smothers uh, his mother, who's been owning this antique shop slash hypnosis parlor with. And, oh, we should add that, that Kenneth Branagh has been going full Hanks, by the way. As she started to suspect that maybe he's a killer, like uh, like Roman was in the past, he started mm-hmm. like validating her every suspicion by like swinging a gun around and like screaming oh, yeah. in her face and like pointing scissors at her and shit. Oh, we should add yes, the, the murder happened with scissors, and scissors are a big motif throughout. Sorry, when uh-huh. we find what we find out about Emma Thompson's identity is that she's an artist who's obsessed with scissors, I guess, because she's been having these nightmares. So she's got a bunch of big scissors sculptures in her apartment, got paintings of scissors. Uh, she works in every conceivable medium, but. Can't choose another subject. Uh, mm-hmm. And she's a very shitty drawer. Yeah, I, I could. My kid could paint that. Is what I said when I saw her studio. Uh huh. 
Uh, the, my, and my kid yeah, can my, afford a better studio apartment. And my kid keeps a cleaner house than that, I'll tell you. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. The Mike Church is Kenneth Branagh, and he fucking... Anytime there's, like, a moment where this case could be solved, he, like, gets either pissed off or starts getting really angry and threatening uh, Emma Thompson's life. Yeah, he and Wayne Knight are at various points within moments of cracking the case, and Wayne Knight stops to beat off, and Kenneth Branagh <laughs> will just whip out a gun and start swinging it around. And, and he kicks down her door at one point, too, just like Tom Hanks and Splash. Although at this point, at least she was, like, screaming. This wasn't just a completely apropos of nothing. The door's been locked for five seconds. you got to open up. Right, um, right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how about when uh, he... he uh, that that guy comes to take her take her and he says he's her husband but actually he's she's uh, they're not even related he i guess he's just trying to kidnap her which okay that's just weird i yeah i don't know if he was hired by Derek jacoby because like i don't i mean like i don't know that the natural extension of mike dexter whatever the fuck his name is figuring out what her identity is i don't think the natural extension of that is him then finding out that you're really the culprit of this murder from 50 years ago you know and if it was if you really did why are you doing everything you can to help them figure that out if that's what you're really worried about right you're the one doing the fucking hypnotherapy (laughs) uh at one point uh emma thompson's getting like taken away by that other guy and Mike Church is like, "We'll just take good care of her." Uh-huh. Like, She's an adult. She might not have a memory, but she can feed herself. She can walk. I, I don't understand why he has to like pat her head, but also like fuck her. It's a very Ian McKellen to Audrey Tattoo sort of relationship, but also like this this cool, <laughs> calm and collected, very subtle sleuth just could not be more obvious that he's just slept with who he thinks is this man's wife. Like, could not be more obvious that he's also grown <laughs> yeah. weirdly possessive and paternal over the last forty eight hours over this woman you just met. Ugh. There yeah. are a few um, fully sound moments in this. There's a there's a scene of two hands rubbing together, and I swear to God, this is the sound that it made. Like paper sliding <laughs> against each other, and and at one point a an old lady screams, and it is a deep voiced man's <laughs> scream, like and they just kind of fade over that. And also, <laughs> there's a transition, and it just has, uh, it has Emma Thompson finishing a sentence and then going. Uh, like not and that's not that wouldn't be part of a sentence that she had said at that time it's just like used as a weird fucking noise transition do you remember when they have that three bean salad and there's that foley that goes like oh man (laughs) (laughs) sorry there's Uh, one part where she starts describing like a sexual encounter from her past and then mike church goes man is it hot in here and then uh derek jacoby's like Honey, can we open a window? <laughs> it's Wayne Knight rubbing off on him. Wayne Knight interrupts the climax of this movie, bring, coming in with a pizza. Like, literally bumps into Derek Jacoby and, like, throws him <laughs> off balance with a pizza. Again, sounds like a joke. Sounds like something we would make up as a way this movie gets resolved. Uh-huh. No, no, no. A crazy, nope. <laughs> crazy confrontation. She shoots uh, Kenneth Branagh, thinking he's the killer. Derek Jacoby comes in. 
He gets up from having been seemingly dead. Wayne Knight interrupts it with a pizza. And basically, long story short, Derek Jacoby slips and falls on a huge scissor sculpture and gets impaled. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's why you don't run with scissors. <laughs> I found myself wondering, and I know that I could look this up to, to a certain degree, but that would fly in the face of my no-research approach to this podcast. Um, uh-huh. I wonder if this was a, a sort of a burn-after reading for Kenneth Branagh. I wonder if it was considered to be like a huge disappointment. And people, I wonder if a lot of people thinking that they understood the Kenneth Branagh thing walked in and were like, what the hell? Because remember when the Coens followed up No Country for Old Men with burn-after reading? I remember seeing that movie with Kale Pash, like Rob Obercoffler, and I want to say like Johnny Soffer. I remember all three of them being like, that's the worst fucking movie I've ever seen in my life. Uh-huh. What the yeah. hell? Uh, it seems like it I don't know it looks like it was pretty uh, well received I I would have I would probably I I imagine there's a lot of old people that went in were like they don't make them like this anymore one of those modern movies Mm -hmm. I mean I don't know Um, David Anson of Newsweek says be grateful for the genuine amusement dead again supplies it may be cotton candy but it's well spun See, yeah, I think even then, everyone's like, at least it's not that usual garbage. At least Gene Siskel said it was it was bullshit. He said, uh, Branagh is annoying. And he is. And the intercutting of the past and present lives becomes laughable. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Gene. Jonathan Rosenbaum liked it. Come oh, on. Oh, come on. These guys I- are just too, they're too worried to like, uh, like, they're, they, they are worried that this might be like Shakespeare level drama and that they might are they might be missing out on it. So they're like, yeah, it's good. Of course it's good. Oh God. I mean I guess someone who's such a, a Rosenbaum's one of the most famous Wells fanatics. Maybe he really did figure that he'd he'd found the next Orson Wells. Kinda reminds me of uh I watched um Blowout the other day. Kinda reminds me of that. But at least John Travolta is fucking cool. Oh, did you not? Did you like Blah? Did you not like Blah? No, it kind of sucked. But I mean, at least the main guy was pretty cool. Oh, I love Blowout. It's a great Philly movie. Great Fourth of July movie. Blew my back out. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes when my Rottweiler's blowing my back out, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I find myself wondering who rescued you. I just kind of. <laughs> Sorry. When my when my puggle is hitting the back walls, I don't know. I just I. <laughs> I'm glad I, I, I. This mug isn't the only thing I got out of rescuing a dog, is what I'll say. <laughs> this, con, this, this constant grimace isn't the only thing. It's that also my tough dog to sit gives down. Me. He also gives me. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Blowout was kind of dumb. All right. Well, well, hey, we're all entitled to our opinion. Some of us are just plain entitled. Is like Derek Jacoby still alive? Um, yeah. He's 81. Ah, cool. What does he look like? Does he have big jowls? Uh, he's got a weirdly small face, actually, and a big forehead. He seems like, uh, if I knew anybody's name, this would be an enjoyable podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I told you before, I sometimes I really... Who's that <laughs> country singer with the tiny eyes? Country <laughs> singer with the tiny eyes? No, who the hell's that? Garth Brooks? Fuck! I don't know. Oh, oh, Wayne Newton? Well, Wayne Newton does have tiny eyes. Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers is who I'm thinking of. Well, they both have very similar, uh, almost like 
that they, they look like they're wearing a rubber mask. Yeah, it looks like his his eyeballs are little babies' eyeballs that <laughs> are popped right into his big fucking head. Mm. And Wayne Newton, similarly, like at some point, just had a complete full body replacement, and only his little <laughs> eyeballs were kept. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He had a wait. Wayne Newtown. Have you ever seen the picture where he looks exactly like Mickey Rourke and nothing like any of the other pictures of himself? No. There's a a picture of Joel Schumacher. It used to be the picture on his Wikipedia. I hope it still is, where he truly looks like... Yes. Look up Joel Schumacher on Wikipedia (laughs) and tell me if that looks like Joel Schumacher or a wax figurine of Joel Schumacher. Whoa. He even dresses dresses kind of like Mickey Rourke. (laughs) Um... I don't don't think this is a real picture of Joel Schumacher. I think that has to be a wax figure. Although, is Joel Schumacher a recognizable enough figure that a wax figurine of him would make sense? He's soaking wet. He's waxing. And that's 16 years ago. That man's still alive. Oh, my God. And by all accounts, still fucks. I don't know. He gives some interview to Vulture. He was like, yeah, I think I have something like 40,000 sexual partners. Oh, my God. guy's made of poppers at this point. (laughs) <laughs> and we're not talking jalapeno hey. dude dude farts popper gas mm. um oh here's a picture of him sucking on a lollipop looking on chill dog out back of pasty breeze <laughs> okay um no, moving on to our next movie the wrestler um yeah great stuff um when mickey rourke stuck his thumb in the meat slicer i could relate to that it's a moment everyone who's ever worked in a grocery store can relate to am i right ladies and gentlemen thank you remember that al pacino movie where he gets on the payphone 88 minutes oh yeah another one i've always wanted to see right because it takes place in like real time right He's like, no, I haven't he seen like yeah he like gets on the phone who the fuck is this? Who the fuck is this? Like, they're gonna, we're gonna, uh, we're gonna blow your, we're gonna blow you up. And he's like, no. Yeah. And he just starts looking around in the sky. Yeah, you were one on me, fucko. Hey, I got your fucking, I got your blow up right here. And he's grabbing his dick. Oh, no. Cell, telephone drama. <laughs> his fucking face. <laughs> Al Pacino with a goatee. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to another episode of Real Rap. Uh, check us out on WashingtonNationals.org and uh, buy our jerseys over at MitchellandNess.com. You can get a vintage and new um, Philadelphia Phillies jerseys with a glace. I mean, Bennett and uh, Shane written on the back there. Um, don't piss where you're eating Greek food over at Costa's in Philadelphia. Have a great night, everyone. Thanks again for listening. Go check out, um, check out Bennett's, uh, article on Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 over on SplitToothMedia.com and check out our other episodes on SoundCloud.com slash RealRap or on the RealRap section of SplitToothMedia.com. <laughs> <laughs>